Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from Weatherford, Oklahoma on a crisp, sunny morning. Pretty cool out this morning when I saddled the colts and put them on the exerciser. And so I've uh, I've escaped over here to the warmth of the bunkhouse with a good cup of coffee. And I have a few minutes now so I can record an episode. So I'm going to spend this time with you. First off, I want to thank all of our listeners. And I know I do this periodically and probably do it more often than I maybe then you want me to but i just want to thank our listeners for supporting us and you know giving us feedback and and listening to our weekly podcast it's been um i think this week we have tipped the 600,000 download mark and and i'm hoping by the end of the year we can get to a million and not that that really means anything as far as you know our success is concerned with this, but it's just a number that I like. I think that's a good goal considering when we started this, I told Hannah that I didn't think there'd be 10 people that would follow us and listen to this. So to go from 10 to a million, that would be a pretty good accomplishment <laughs> for us, uh, for a small time horse training program. But anyway, so today I'm going to talk about putting these colts on cattle and I've got four fraturity colts on the exerciser and I got a couple more tied up to the hitching rack and they'll go on the exerciser after get these others off and and the exerciser is a great tool but if you don't have one don't don't feel like you can't do what you need to do without having one because I didn't have one for 38 years or 39 years i've just had an exerciser for the last couple years and it is a great tool it's a great tool for softening their mind and their body it's a great tool for a for a mild warm-up and to get a horse moving and think about following their nose and moving their feet and so it, it is a great tool but at the same time i i did without it like i said for 39 or 40 years and got done what I got done. So don't feel like you have to have one. But if for me at this stage of the game, what it does, it saves man hours and it saves labor and help is, is kind of a challenge for me to keep. I mean, I can keep some part-time help, but beyond that, the help deal is always a challenge and that so right now, while I'm doing this podcast, I'm kind of multitasking. I'm doing a podcast and I've got four horses getting warmed up. And then as I work them, I'll take them off one at a time. And and once that stops, of course, it's got a timer and it goes both directions. And then it stops at, at when the time is up. And then they'll just stand there until I get them off of there to go put them on a cow today. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun day because... 
I'm going to build a lot of confidence in these horses today. Number one, especially the ones that are, there's one in particular that's scared to death of cattle. I mean, will not even, does not want to even lope a circle down towards that end of the arena with the calves. And so like what I'll do with that horse is I'll take and put a calf in the arena with all the gates shut. Gates are all shut to the rope and boxes. You know, we've got two chutes. We've got a calf chute on on the south side that where you kind of go down the fence a little bit. And then we've got our team rope and chute on the north side. My arena at my place runs east and west. And so I'll put a calf in the arena and I'll just let that horse stay 40, 50, 60 feet behind that calf, but we're always going to be moving towards that calf as that calf moves away from us. Well, that does two things. Number one, when a horse is following or chasing something, they feel like they're not the prey. You put them in a position where they're the predator. They're the, they're the hunter not the hunted. See, horses don't like feeling like they're the hunted. That is what a prey animal feels like. They feel like they are being hunted. Well, when you put, that's just like when you put a horse on the smarty or the, the calf sled. When at first they're going to, a lot of times those young horses are scared of it. But as they follow it around and they become more of the hunter and not the hunted, they gain confidence. And the other thing is they lock onto an object. Now, it's much easier for a horse to lock onto a moving object than a stationary object because with their eyesight, I think a horse sees, I don't think they see real clear but I think they see movement, sure enough, see movement. There's no doubt about it. And depending on distance and location, I do think they see some objects very clear, especially farther away. You know, I always kind of look at horses like they're farsighted, where they can see far, and I think that's the correct term, where they can see far away, but they, when it gets closer, it's not as clear. I've had vets, explain it to me one way I've had I had one person at a clinic that it, that was an eye doctor that explained it to me a different way and they were very they were a little bit contradicting so I'm really and here's the third thing horses can't speak they don't speak English so I'm not exactly sure how the sight thing works on horses you know you can read a lot of different information on that but you know I feel like Horses really lock onto a moving object easier than a stationary object. And so when I put them on cattle today, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be a great day for, for controlling speed and direction, you know, working on speed control. It'll be a great day for creating feel, working on my feel, my timing, my balance. Cause, cause the easy thing with a calf is, when I, when I get my horse in a position where I want them behind that calf, I'm gonna, there's going to be a release there. I'm going to put my hand down. And I, when I put my hand down, I want, 
I want when I put my hand down for a horse to associate that with a release and relax, not, oh crap, we got to go Mach 1, right? I want my horse going Mach 1 when I'm squeezing with my legs and, and pushing my hand forward and, and asking with those two signals in conjunction. But when I'm when I come to a spot on a calf or a steer where in the position I want my horse, I want to put my hand down and I want that horse to relax in that position. And understanding that that position is the reward, I think will definitely make it to where the next time I ride that horse into that position, they're going to hunt that spot because they know that's, that's the release point. That's the reward. Well, like all four of these colts are barrel faturity colts. And I think when you transition what we're going to do today to the barrel pattern, I think there's a huge benefit because when you get to that point and you sit and you relax and you let that horse know that's where you want them to be and that there's a reward there and they can relax. Well, when a horse does that, it gains confidence. Anxiety does not help a horse gain confidence. Being rewarded, being having a level of relaxation, that helps a horse become more confident. Well, like with these colts, after I work them today on a calf, when I put them on a cow today and I work them, I think after that, if you went to work them on the barrel pattern or on any kind of an exercise, like I don't do a lot on, I don't do much on the barrel pattern. I am not a barrel racer. I've said that a million times. I don't compete in the barrel racing. I'm not a barrel racer. I just happen to have had horses in my training program that have come through here that have been extremely successful in that discipline like I've said before, that tells you it does, doesn't really have anything to do with the discipline. It has to do with horsemanship, which is communication and leadership and helping a horse understand something's coming. Helping a horse understand that when they feel that warning sign, that signal that they need to get ready. And like today, there's going to be times where when I put a horse, one of these colts on a calf, they may grab their butt and squirt forward. And what I'll do when they do that, I won't jerk them into the ground. I won't, I won't pull on them a whole bunch. What I'll do is I'll rein them off to the right or left, just depending on how much, where I'm at and what I have room to do. If I have more room to the right, I'll just, I'll just tip their nose and take them off to the right. And I might take them off to the right and go lope circles for two or three minutes. And then I'll bring them back to that calf, put my hand down and let them have that reward. Let them have that release. Well, you think about it from the horse's perspective. If every time they get strong, I rein them off and I take them over to another area away from the object that I want them to lock onto and relax, I will that horse is going to associate is going to associate that spot with the reward, the release, the relaxation, 
you know, they're going to gain confidence in being in that position in that spot. Well, it kind of goes back to that simple philosophy of make the right thing easy or comfortable and the wrong thing uncomfortable. Well, if I get a horse that gets real strong and gets chargy, you know, years ago, I'd pull them into the ground, stop them, back them up, make really and truly probably created way more anxiety for them than they already had. That, and, and you can get some results doing that, and I did. But this way is so much better. So when I, you know, now when one has some anxiety and wants to get a little bit strong, instead of going with two, you know, one-handed and two reins, I go with, you know, two hands and one rein, and I tip their nose, ride them off, go over, lope some circles, put them to work, you know, take them away from the object you want them to lock onto, take them over, go to boot camp for a little bit, then lope back up to that, to that calf or steer or cow, whatever you're tracking, put your horse in position, and then put your hand down. Let them stay there. Let them stay there. When they get out of position, guide them back into position. If they get strong, just just real easy. Doesn't have to be real, real harsh or chaotic. Just tip their nose, ride them off over into to another area, go to boot camp for a little bit, and then come back and do the and repeat. Now there'll be a couple of these colts that I do that for the whole session. Might be an hour, an hour and a half of that. But they will eventually start to let up. Well, whether you're doing it on a calf, you know, I like doing it on a calf because it gives you an object to focus on. Now, it brings us back to speed control. You know, just like with this exercise, and this is an exercise, you don't have to be a roper to do it. Anybody can do it. You can do it with a, with a, a sled. You can do it with a live calf or cow. I mean, I, I like the live animal um, because they're unpredictable. When you're pulling a sled, a sled is very predictable, and that and it's a great tool. It's a great tool for starting a horse in the roping because it makes it so easy, and because there's not a lot of movement laterally with a sled. It's pretty much it's pretty much forward motion in a straight line, to to most degrees. So that's not a bad way to start either if that's the first thing you're going to do. Like if I had, but I don't have anybody here. And here's the other thing, and this is just, this is just a numbers thing. I have a hard time paying somebody to pull that sled. You know, when I'm paying them by the hour, I'll do it sometimes, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay somebody a lot to be driving a four-wheeler in a circle. <laughs> or a straight line. So I I utilize the calves. I figure that way I'm getting some of my feedback out of them. But when you when you do that, you're helping that horse understand that when you just like when that calf starts to speed up and slow down, it gives a re- horse a reason to speed up, a reason to slow down. And whether whether you realize it or not, you're creating feel 
because anytime you're trying to speed your horse up, the feel you have with your body is different than when you're trying to slow your horse down. And see, that's what I call natural feel. And we're all going to, it's going to be different for all of us a little bit. I mean, the horses that I develop feel in, when they go on to the next person, the whoever, if it's somebody who buys them or if it's a, if it's back to the owner or to the next trainer that's going to ride that horse for that owner, because that's what happens with a lot of my futurity horses. They either go back to the owners who ride them or to another trainer who rides them for the owners. That, you know, that's typically what happens. Well, when they do that, see, they have to develop their own feel with them. They have to help that horse understand what their signal is. Because when you're, what I like about the cattle, putting them on cattle is when those cattle speed up and you pick up the energy in your body and you squeeze your horse forward and you get to that spot, you get that horse in the spot, in position where you want them, then you let up. And that's what I call natural feel, meaning that's the feel that, and that's the signal you send your horse, whether you know it or not. And we all have that, which is awesome. I mean, you know, pick up your energy, let off on your energy, pick up, let off. Well, today, whether I'm in the arena or in the return lane now, now you can put a horse like a horse that's more scared of livestock. I will put, I will start out in the arena so that horse does not feel so confined. Now a horse that accepts the cattle right off the bat, a lot of times I'll go into the return lane because the way my return lane is set up, I can shut a couple gates and it's like it's in the shape of a backwards L and I can track that calf up the lane, back down the lane into the into the the bottom part of the lane which is the backwards L that the calf or steer has to turn left or right and I just leave my hand down and let my horse turn left or right on their own and I just try to think about my body position. I try to stay on my outside hip, I try to keep that door open to where that horse is turning, whichever direction, and I try to keep my hand down and let that horse lock right back on to that calf. And once you get in the return lane, you can really keep your hand down and let your horse lock onto that, lock onto that calf in that position where you want them. And that, that just develops a ton of confidence in those horses. And it's, and it's kind of a game of tag. It's, it's a kind of a game where then as, as the, the calf or steer, and today I'm going to be tracking some calves, and they're probably 350, 400-pound calves. So right at first, they're going to be moving. But then they'll, they'll start valuing a breath of air, and they'll start slowing down, and there will be times they stop. Well, Calf stops, the horse stops. Well, it gives your horse a reason to stop, right? And when you're when you're tracking that calf, like I talked about before, when when the calf speeds up, 
you're going to pick the energy up in your body and you're going to, you're going to speed up your horse. Then when the calf slows down, you're going to let off on the energy in your body and you're going to send a different signal to your horse. Well, just through repetitions, just through spending some time today doing that, it, it's going to, it's going to help these horses tremendously. Now these horses, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with giving you a little background on these horses. All these, these horses have all been here about three months. Their collection is good to really good. They're, you know, some of them are more, I've got one that is a potential superstar. No doubt about it. A really, really good horse. I've got one that's still trying to figure out where to put his feet, but he's getting, he tries hard and he's getting better every day. And so that doesn't mean he won't be the superstar down the road at this point in the game. And, and we're all very impatient and I get it at this point in the game. You don't know anybody that you ask, do, what do you think? All you're getting is their opinion. Nobody knows. Moving forward, it's all about developing the potential that we have. And if we do that, and I'm going to be real honest with you, we don't do a very good job of it. We try to cheat on our riding. We try to cheat on our time. We want, we want to develop everything you know, faster than it's ready to be ready to be developed. And I'm be real honest with you in the past, there have been times when I've been the world's worst. So I'm not saying this to anybody in a scolding way or negative way, but it's just like, I've got four of these Colts and they're all very, very different, but at the same time, the potential for all four of them is, is really, really good. And like I said, I've got one bona fide potential superstar. One of one of the best I've rode in a long time. It takes time and you got to give them the time and, and you can't, you know, there's been with all of them. I've had days where I got done and I was just like, yuck. <laughs> You know, you just have those days. They're coming. It's 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 just like everything else. You know, we do. There, there's going to be days that are not great days. And I promise you, if you're sitting here watching me today, when I go back out there, it's about 8.30 or 9 o'clock right now here. And so those horses have been on that exerciser for about 30 minutes or so. And when I put them on a cow... You know, there's probably going to be one or two that look, you know, pretty good, which, like I always say, pretty good ain't good enough. There might be one that's okay. There's going to be one that's scared to death. I mean, there'll be, there's one of these horses that at the end of the day, if I can put my hand down and that horse will keep walking behind one of these calves within 15 or 20 feet, it's going to be a huge win because I'm just telling you, I've rode this horse enough. She is scared to death of cattle, but 
that just tells you she needs help developing the confidence in that area. And by the end of the week, I'm, I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning. By Saturday, it'll, it'll be really, really good. I, I promise you, it'll be really, really good. You know, and it's, it's simply developing that confidence. And that brings me to another thing that yesterday, uh, Stacy Smith, who's my marketing and event director, her and her husband Sloan and Sloan worked for me for about three years. Good, good hand with a horse. Very, both of them very knowledgeable about our industry. And that's why Stacy's so good at what she does for me. We met yesterday morning for a cup of coffee before they headed to the airport. They were here for Christmas and we're heading back. And we were talking about some of the different programs we have coming up for the year that we're real excited about. And, you know, we got to talking about how so many times there's just one little hump, one little challenge we need to get through so that we can excel in half a dozen others areas. And, and that is so true. It's so true with not only horse training, but things in our life. I mean, by making one small change, you can change several other areas of your life. I mean, just think about it like this. We've got a program coming out at the end of this first quarter and it's a business plan for our our industry what i do and marketing that product and there are so many things in there where by improving one area just like by improving your time management or by improving your revenue sources bringing in more money with what you already have how it can change several different areas of your life make them more make you more comfortable make life easier make it to where you can utilize what you already have to generate more income and there oftentimes it it saves you more time cuz here's 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 the struggle that I had forever I didn't make much money doing what I was doing so I had to do twice as much to bring in more money so I could pay my bills, pay my help, pay my feed, pay my overhead, pay my electric bill, pay my taxes. You, you look at each of those areas and, and when you make one small change, it affects several others. And so it's going to be, you know, you, you always have to be looking at that with your business and you know, those small changes, getting over those humps, those little challenges, one thing I want to encourage you to look at, you know, really look into what is, what's my biggest challenge right now with my horse? What What's my biggest challenge? And let's start there. You, you got to fix one thing. You'll be surprised when you fix one thing, you improve one area, how it positively affects other areas of your training. So going forward, think about that. You know, I got to wrap this up, but that's uh, those are some things I wanted to talk about today. Now in the, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to have a few days on these colts, working them on, the, working them on live cattle, and I'm going to talk about how it's affected them and the changes that have been made and, 
And, you know, I know everybody doesn't have that, doesn't have live cattle to work them on. But here's the thing. You can if you want to. I mean, all you got to do is go up to a sale and buy a calf or two or talk to somebody that there's got people everywhere that sells calves. I mean, calves are just easy to feed as horses. And if you have a pen where you can put them in and track them around, put your horse on there, a lot of you rope. I mean, it's a great, great tool. And here's the thing. You know what? If what we're doing isn't working perfect now, let's do, let's try something else. Let's do something. Let's help our horse. So anyway, just something to think about today. That's going to wrap it up for today. Hey, I want to, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I appreciate all your feedback. Have a great week of training. Have a great week of life. Be blessed. God bless each and every one of you. And as always, today and every day, be your very best. See y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.